All right, it is the uh, Boneyard Podcast, another episode coming off a 49-7 victory over Irving Nimitz and uh, Irving MacArthur. We'll be talking about that one coming up. Corey Campbell uh, with me as usual, head coach of the Wildcats. And we had some uh, really sad news since our last episode. Uh, Corey, we, we lost Mark Frito Friedman. Uh, he uh, had had some really horrible medical stuff about three and a half years ago. And I was taping with him the other, or was about to try to tape with him and couldn't reach him uh, Sunday evening after a Cowboys game. And it turns out that he had passed away and it's just very jolting to all of us. He was a great radio guy, great producer, uh, has done the Boneyard podcast. He and Lonnie became friends. He loved Corey. And so um, we're just a little bit numb right now. We'll have a, a memorial service coming up next week to celebrate his life. But I just, uh, Corey, wanted to mention that um, we're not quite as, uh, he had such wonderful equipment and all the lapel mics and everything. We're, we're, we're blessed to have Stephen helping us tonight, but uh, we, we really uh, are going to miss Frito. Yeah, you know, um... I didn't know him very long, uh, just this uh, the start of this football season. But just going back and and being a you know an avid sports fan and and listening to talk radio in the Metroplex for the last forty years, uh, it was uh, it, it was impressive to see all the lives that he touched and all the people uh, that he had worked with. And um, man, uh, we're gonna miss him. Um, and uh, yeah, this setup we have now is not. Uh, quite uh what we've been having yeah because you're leaning on uh, me now uh fortunately uh my longtime uh, producer and buddy Stephen simcox from espn central texas has stepped in tonight uh, uh pinch hitting in a tough spot but he'll help us uh, uh get through this evening um i think you watching me even try to get on a zoom link was uh was some entertainment for you um well the night uh uh 49-7 i knew that was going to you know, it was going to go in your favor. We knew pretty quickly. Um, you know, I thought there was some cool special teams things. You tried a couple of new things, kickoffs. Uh, you know, you, you've done some different directional kicks this year. I thought there were some good things in that regard. But I'm just kind of curious, overall, you know, it was not so much about Nimitz. It was about y'all getting ready for that game, playing up to your standard. Um, what did you think about your approach and then the execution as y'all beat Nimitz uh, 49-7, and they were outmanned from the start. But how did what did you what was your biggest takeaway yeah, overall? I think uh, earlier, um, you know, after uh, the Berkner game, just um, you know, trying to get back to a lot of the a lot of the basics in the special teams game. Um, we went back and watched the video, and just so much that we could have done better. Uh, we spent a lot of time on that last week in pre-practice, um, you know, and then they kick it off, and Myron takes it. 100 yards and some of that's good execution and some of that's uh you know raw speed but uh we, we did have um <clears throat> a better kickoff coverage team uh our kicks were better uh you know we punted the ball we're, we're continually to getting better uh at that uh and the game turned out uh like we would have hoped uh we were able to get on them it was 49 nothing at halftime and so uh you know as a as a coach um you know, it's not always you got a bunch of kids on the sidelines that are going to be playing, you know, uh, later on in the year. But it's 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 fun for me to watch kids that put so much time in that don't normally maybe, you know, get don't get to play as much 
uh, as they would like. And, um, and we had uh, several, several kids that, um, got, uh, got in and, and, uh, did a good job. Um, uh, I fielded a few phone calls this weekend about some of my, uh, late game decisions, uh, about to kneel the ball. So, uh, but it was, it was fun. It was all in all in fun, but uh, it, it, it was, it was nice to be able to see those mm-hmm. kids get out there and have success. Yeah. Maybe, uh, young man that I've known his parents was I went to uh, college with them uh, uh, running back who was in there kind of helped you get all the way down there near the goal line. And then you took a knee and quite honestly, I get it. I thought it was a very nice thing to do, but yeah, it is funny. And watching uh, um, and um, our man Spate who was named after Spate nickel was named after a street right next to Baylor, by the way, that I used to live on uh, over the Darshane apartments. Yeah. I think his older brother was Taff, right? Named it after was. Grant Taff. Yeah. Somewhat of a Baylor family, it sounds like. Um, uh, but it was, uh, well, it was, it was, it was great to kind of watch all that, as you said, to get some other players in there. And while we're on the subject of Myron McGee, who had that, I mean, I don't know what we call it, but ninety yards. I mean, it was and it was fast, and nobody ever touched him. And I think they blocked it up well. He does have tremendous speed. But the word started to circulate through the stands. Hey, there's a Washington State scout here. And I'm like, I was trying to tell people, I'm like, I don't know if he's really a scout. He's probably a coach who's watching or something. But uh, that was pretty cool because, like, um, not long after the game, Myron announces that he got an offer from Washington State, a Power 5 team for now. Uh, and in a, a top 25 type program. And I think uh, I thought that was really a, a cool thing to see one of your, he was already committed to Columbia, very, very intelligent guy, but also a great football player. And I think uh, kind of neat when you see something like that. Yeah. We're so, uh, so proud and happy for Myron um, during pregame. I get a tug on my shirt and um, <clears throat> it's the assistant coach uh, for Washington state said he was here, you know, to see Myron. Some of my staff asked me about it um, briefly during pregame. And those guys just don't show up uh, looking for talent. There's a reason why they're there. And uh, they were there specifically to, uh, you know, to get eyes on Myron. Uh, they liked what they saw. And, uh, you know, they knew before the game was over that they were going to offer him. Um, and we're super proud of him, um, you know. And uh, he had a great game. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens going forward with him. What did you think about the way uh, we're talking about Myron, just even the rest of the DBs? Um, I mean, made some plays early. I mean, you got some length back there. This junior, um, I mean, you got you got a safety, you got cornerbacks, you got one, um, you got a six three kid, six three. I guess he's about one seventy, uh, junior, and I Aiden, right? Aiden, uh, yeah. Aiden Webb, I think he's going to be a college player or certainly will have that uh, ability. But they that group that we had praised a lot against Jesuit and some others got lit up in that Berkner game. How did how did you like how they kind of responded and what have you seen in practice and even in the game from that group? Yeah, I, d- I just think that, you know, that Friday night was a great learning tool for us. Um, and uh, just going back and continuing to hone your craft, you know, when you watch the video and you make mistakes, uh, you got to figure out how to uh, correct those mistakes and uh, you know hats off to our secondary guys uh felt like they studied the tape um and you know figured out where we needed to be better and, th- and they've and they've done a good job uh you know just like i tell the kids every day we're gonna have to do that at every position we have to continue to get better you know every day uh because 
you know, a Monday on a Tuesday on a Wednesday is going to make a difference in the, you know, November and December. And so, uh, you know, we, we've got to keep that mindset as we're going forward. All right. And then, um, I mean, you had, let's see, Harrison had a play, Leland, um, I mean, you have the leading rusher in the area. I mean, it, it's just funny because you get to play some other guys, but you also want to be cognizant that uh, you're putting up some huge numbers right now. Uh, and, and you know, Dean is just – Deontay has, uh, is just having a record-setting season. And so that what is that like as a coach when a game's kind of getting out of hand and there's some things you would like to look at and try, but you also want to be real respectful of the other team I would think in some ways you're, you're happy to be up, but those games can be a little difficult because you got to try to manage that. And, and there's no way to ever make everybody happy in that situation. Yeah, there's really not. I mean, um, there, there's so many different circumstances that, that go into games like that. Um, obviously, um, you know, winning uh, is, is the most important thing there. Uh, but then you, you know, start talking about the health of your players. They really need to be in the game. Uh, you know, I know that's a controversial issue um, with teams in the Metroplex all the way up to the Cowboys. Uh, you know, does this guy really need to be in the game? Uh, we are cognizant of, of, of numbers, but that's not why we play the game. Uh, obviously, Deontay, uh, we've talked about our district being front loaded, but, you know, <clears throat> Deontay and, and, you know, Trip Marshall and Leland and mm-hmm. Harrison and Tamir, uh, you know, the, we were able to put those guys on the shelf at halftime and we told them, we made that decision and this game's a funny business. It really is. Um, you know, a quick nugget here. Um, my high school quarterbacks coach, Jimmy Rogers, uh, his son is the AD in Irving Brian Rogers. And so, um, you know, I, I was brought up, uh, understanding, um, you know, the right way to treat people. And, uh, you know, he, he, he mentioned something at the end of the game saying, hey, we really appreciate it. And I just told him, you know, we know right from wrong. And, and I hated it for spate. And I told him that I'm going to get him another one uh, going forward. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, we, we needed to do the right thing. And I think we did. All right. And uh, I thought, you know, you've had some players like I saw uh, Hayes Mall back in there in this game, you know, out there for a lot of plays and, um, I, and you know, that's, that's always tough because you've had some, you know, uh, some, some turnover there and, and sure. making some changes and everything. And he's kind of stayed with you and seemed to do really well in that game. And then, um, uh, even, uh, you know, seeing, you know, some of those players that maybe we don't always mention, uh, Luke Smith was back out there. He's been kind of a special teams demon for you, but then I saw he made some hits and played some defense and did some things. And I don't know, I was looking at some of the, uh, some of the celebrations after some of those hits, those are, those are, uh, those are interesting. And then, and then number 24 for you, we're so used to Deontay and he totes the rock a lot because you move Caden over the defense full time. But uh, Mo, Mo Kamara, Mo Kamara uh, you all of a sudden I looked up there and I was like, wait, who's 24. And he goes racing in for a score. Sure. Yeah. It was again, you know, it was just fun to see some of those kids that haven't, haven't got as much time as they would have hoped uh, early on in the season to be able to get out there and, and play and have fun. And that's what this game's about, you know, and, you know, Mo and Luke and, and, and it was all over the field. Uh, we had kids uh, playing. And so, um, you know, that, that was fun to watch, fun to see. And you, you like to see that as a coach. All right. Do you have like a offensive and defensive uh, players of the game to share with us? Yeah. So our offensive, um, you know, when you play a game like that and, and, you know, your starters really only play 
uh, not quite a half. Um, our MVP on offense was our quarterback, number five, Trip Holly. He only had uh, 10 attempts. He was at 70-plus percent, uh, four touchdowns uh, through the air. Uh, had a good night, uh, 260-something yards passing. And so uh, that, was, that was big. And, you know, we had designed some – some things to different receivers in the game like that, you know, coach Howe was uh, really in my ear, you know, you want to spread the ball around, you want to get it to, to um, you know, everybody that you possibly can. <clears throat> so that was good. And then um, CJ Johnson uh, had an injury against Berkner. Uh, we don't know exactly when we're going to get him back, but um, Lloyd white Hollywood's what the kids call him. Uh, he was a, he's a sophomore and uh, he filled in at safety um, safety is not an easy position to play a lot of, a lot of reads and keys and movement and, and, uh, he did a great job. So he was our defensive player of the week. So I'm super proud of him going forward. <clears throat> I like that Hollywood, Hollywood. I had to learn that. So uh, I'm bad. If you're Hollywood, some people, uh, you know, sometimes people wear sunglasses indoors, yeah, something um, like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and I've been known to pull, try to pull that off from time to time. Um, now Deontay, with 104 yards, he's now at 1,187 yards on the season. Uh, our friend Glenn Gant, in his <laughs> historical perspective, showed, uh, and I'm holding this up for you right now since this is audio for the rest of our group, but uh, moves him past this whole group uh, for individual seasons. That's a pretty unbelievable. There's Detron, who played in the NFL. Mitch Colson, who was incredible for you. That that moves past his 2020 number and then Dexter Ford who went on to Baylor had 1173 and 94 now and those guys defense they were sharing the rock with about three different you know there were a lot of running backs back there but still Ricky Zorn was a great player back in 2009 and if you go all the way back to early 80s a kid a guy that I met when I was a kid Aaron Grant who went on to play linebacker and rover kind of position at Baylor for Grant Taft was an incredible player so some cool numbers there. And then we start to, uh, before we look at MacArthur um, and I, I do, there's always some historical, you had Admiral Nimitz. Now we have General MacArthur Irving. Yeah. Even the, even the Admiral couldn't have helped him the other evening. Now uh, the unsung hero of the, uh, of the week uh, always look, people look forward to this. What do you, uh, who do you have the unsung award winner? All right. Well, our unsung award winner this week is a running back in our program. Uh, maybe, and, you know, I guess I got to be careful saying this, maybe one of the best kids in our entire program. Um, he's a junior. Uh, he had a huge game uh, the other night. Um, our JV uh, black team played Solana out here on Wednesday night, and uh, they won 33 to 6. And our unsung hero for this week is Will Liggett. Hey, nice. And he is a great kid mm -hmm. and uh, such, such a joy to be around. Always has a great attitude, works hard. And, uh, we're super fortunate to get, to get to coach him. Yeah, well, that's pretty awesome. And he's always kind of – I'll watch him moving around even at those varsity games, and he's a pretty serious-minded yeah. guy. He's yeah. watching and paying close attention, and uh, that's a good one. I'm the Liggett family, that's a great family, and you we've bet. known them forever, so – uh, that's Will Liggett is a uh, tremendous choice, unsung award uh, winner. And, um, you know, for as we look ahead to uh, to MacArthur, Irving MacArthur, one and four on the season, one and two. Um, I mean, 
interesting. You have to go. You have to go back to um, most notable football alum. Would you be able to name this one? Uh, I don't know. Okay, Brian Bosworth. Okay, yeah, I can. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> apparently it lives in Austin now. I mean, I think pretty much Gant has his uh, address here for us. Still, like, still got the hair. I think still has the hair, still in those Dr. Pepper commercials, does some TV. Uh, the historical ledger against Irving MacArthur shows Lake Highlands with a clean sheet at 7-0. and Cat swept the Cardinals in the home-and-home home in 68 and 69. Who can forget? And again in 94 and 95, uh, they were paired up in 7-6A in 2020, and you guys have won all three district contests. They're led by third-year coach, uh, Beck Nicholas uh, coming off back to back four and six season. And the coach's son is at wide receiver. And then they have Cord Ray at halfback banner. Nicholas is the coach's son. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that thing goes And here. By the way, here's a quote from General MacArthur. Preparedness is the key to success and victory. OK, I thought I'd get a little more than that. But anyway, <laughs> that's uh, there you go. Uh, as uh, prepare for MacArthur, another Thursday night game. I mean, you kind of are now on this Thursday night bus. We're taping <laughs> this on Tuesday. Obviously, we uh, because losing uh, Frito, we we had a little bit different taping schedule. But um, the, what what is how, how what is this team like? Is it is it you know how do you kind of prepare for them and what do they do? that could, you know, pose some issues in this game. Yeah, I think uh, the th first thing that pops off the the video is uh, they're, they're really athletic um, <clears throat> at uh, multiple positions. And uh, if you go back and really study the tape, um, and we've done that over this last week, they've played in some close, close ball games. Uh, and they just haven't got over the hump. And so, you know, we've been talking to our kids all, all week that we've got to we've got to go out and we got to put our best foot forward um, Thursday night because, like I said, they have played in some close games. Um, I believe the other night they were playing uh, Pierce, and I think it was like 15 to 13 or something, 13 to 10, you know, late in the third uh, before Pierce kind of pulled away. So they, they've been in some tight games. They, they have some really, really good players that are athletic. And so it's going to be, it's going to be a test uh, Thursday night. I guess I've got to be careful saying Friday night. Uh -huh. We've kind of gotten on the Thursday uh, routine. Uh, I think the, you know, the one thing that maybe our listeners, they might not realize is, you know, on Wednesday when our sub varsities play, that's still a practice day uh, for our, for our varsity. And we don't, we lose a lot of manpower that we use, you know, um, going against uh, whether it's scout teams or one-on-one or scheme or whatever it is. And so we kind of have to service ourselves. So quite a bit smaller group on a Wednesday practice because your sub varsities, again, both of our freshmen play here uh, tomorrow night. Uh, and then our JV will go to MacArthur um, mm. to kick over there. And so uh, just part of it, uh, something you have to deal with. Um, and, and again, our kids did it the week before, so we're kind of in that Thursday groove. Well, some one of the parents was bragging on you uh, recently about how the JV games and maybe even the freshman games gives you a chance because you're not calling plays like you are in varsity games. You, you kind of get down there and interact with the players, and I'm sure that has to be kind of a cool opportunity for you not only to see how the coaches are doing, but start to get to know some of those players that you're hoping will be helping you in the years to come. Yeah, it, most definitely. I mean, they're, they're our lifeline of our program. And so, um, you know, I know sometimes as freshmen and JV players, they think coaches don't pay attention to them, but we have everyday conversations about, you know, kids that are in the seventh and eighth grade 
all the way up to the kids that are juniors and seniors. And so, uh, you know, it's a special, special group down there. Uh, we need to continue to foster that group. Um, and you know, we're, we're hoping for big things, uh, from, from those classes. So, um, but yes, you know, it's, it's fun to get out and watch, uh, and see those kids, um, you know, play well. Uh, I've gotten to know several of them, you know, really, really uh, close over the last, you know, six or seven weeks. And, uh, you know, we'll only get closer. All right. And some of your, some of our listeners and, and including our historian, Glenn Gant had the question about this, the fact that y'all are three and one, um, you know, district uh, the other night, you know, Highland park and Jesuit were in a tight one over at Ford and Highland park pulls that one out, I believe like 15 to 13 yeah. um, on the, on the like tiebreaker rules. Are we talking, is there point def- differential included and and obviously you need to focus on these games, but um, what what are, are there a bunch of different things involved, or is it pretty self explanatory? What are all those tiebreakers look like? And is there are there a lot of, of things involved? Yeah, it's 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 really sim- pretty simple, um, you know, without without getting too into detail of it because. You know, we don't want a scoreboard watch. We don't want to get involved in that. But as a head coach, you need to understand the rules and what you're playing by. And so uh, we have district guidelines. Uh, and, the, you know, the unique thing about 6A football in the state of Texas is we're not divided. So 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A, you know, you look up there in the Frisco schools, not all the Frisco schools are in the same district mm-hmm. and they're all 5A because they divide Division One and Division Two inter-district. And 6A, they don't do that. So they take the top four teams. Uh, and we just don't know how that's going to play out yet. Uh, obviously, if Highland Park and Jesuit both make the playoffs, then they'll go small school. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're smaller in attendance. Uh, and then that puts, you know, Berkner, us, Pierce, uh, Richardson, whoever else in the mix for for the large school. And so there's there's uh, still a lot of football left to be played, yeah. played for us. Um, but as far as playoff seating, um, that's done head-to-head between big school and small school. Uh, we do – um, you know, have a tiebreaker that's point differential. So you start with points four, and that's a maximum of 14. Um, but again, you have your four playoff teams, and then there's head-to-head and all this different stuff. And so before we, you know, get too far into that, you know, we need to just take care of our business. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it starts Thursday with MacArthur. Um, and it's easy for young kids to be wondering about that. I understand our yeah. listeners. Um you know, uh, want to know about that stuff, but yeah. it's really that simple. So Highland Park and Jesuit make the playoffs. They'll be the small school representatives. Yeah. And then whoever else has the best records coming out of Berkner, us, Richardson, Pierce, then that they will be, they'll, they'll be the two uh, large schools. Okay. And, then, and then the first thing it does is go to a district win loss. And then after that, um, if it's tied, it would go to head to head. Uh, and so, um, you know, still a lot of football left to be yeah. played um, as, as the season goes on. We're, we're in week seven. I told the kids on Monday. Uh, but, man, we got a lot of football in front of us. I just – if you happen to kick a field goal up three or four touchdowns, you know, it's like Aranda did against Oklahoma a few years ago. I just want people to know why. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a, there's a there's a max point okay. of 14. So, yeah. when you get to 14 – um, that that's, uh, yeah. that's a max point for. Yeah, but still get maybe spade into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. I, I told him I'd try to, okay. try to work. And I, I got a lot of heat on that deal. So, um, um, you know, um, some of my friendliest fans, uh, they got on me a little bit. They're also, fine. Okay, they man. were honestly, I, like I saw them afterwards. They were in very good spirits. They were, they were just <laughs> kind of joking about it. It's so all, it's all good. Yes, yes. Okay, real quick. 
uh, some of your other sports. Um, you all hammered um, Pierce in tennis. That was a big match here within the last week or so. That was a good win. Uh, cross-country volleyball, like any any of those sports you want to mention anything because obviously you're paying more attention than ever to all these sports now that you're sure. over everything. Yeah, exciting times in our other sports. We'll start with tennis. Uh, tennis is um, in by district next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, and then the, that, that weekend will be area. And so we're talking postseason in tennis. Uh, those guys are having a great year. Looking, looking forward to you know um, th- those teams advancing, individuals advancing. Uh, so excited about what they're doing. Um, cross country, I believe Thursday, October twelfth is the uh, district cross country meet. I believe our boys and girls set two and three respectively uh, in our district. And and you know talking to Alana the other day, I think they have a real shot at winning district. And so that's really exciting. Anytime you can talk about winning district in the district that we're in. And then uh, as we speak right now, uh, the volleyball team is uh, playing Berkner, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they're in a tight district race. And we're excited about their uh, postseason as well. So uh, exciting times around here. Uh, a lot of programs having success. Uh, and, uh, man, if you get an opportunity to go out and watch those, uh, it's fun. Yeah. And I saw the swimmers introduced at one of those pep rallies. That's a good group. And they've got some things that happen seemingly on Saturday, some of their swim meets. And, and, uh, those are some good opportunities to go see them swimming and diving. Honestly, this is the biggest swimming and diving team I've seen in years. I mean, they're usually used to see like five or six people. Sure. And then I saw kind of a parade. So we must be teaching people, <laughs> more people to swim around here. Uh, these days um, tough one this week, you know, without Frito and uh, we, we miss him and, and are thinking of him and his family. Uh, and uh, he's, he's done such a great job. And so appreciate Steven Simcox stepping in and, and doing such a nice job. He's been a great friend of mine for many years. So uh, that part of it has been tough. Uh, we will look forward to Thursday night. And uh, we appreciate everybody who gives and donates and uh, just a huge outpouring this year. And I was just at a restaurant the other day. If you're a restaurant in town or you have a business or whatever, and you want to be the unsung award winning uh, winner sponsor or something like that, please get involved, reach out to me, DM me, slide into my DMs <laughs> and, uh, and we will work that out. Um, Corey, appreciate it. And, uh, man, good luck against MacArthur. And let's just, you know, let's go ahead and no pressure, but let's go ahead and run the table just one by one here. Okay. <laughs> one game Thursday night. Let's do it. All right. One game. We'll, uh, one game at a time. Well, I will scoreboard watch. Corey will not. And I'll be Friday night. I'll be looking at all the other things that Corey will be very focused. Uh, for Steven Simcox, for our old buddy, uh, Frito and for Corey Campbell, Uh, It is Matt Mosley. This has been the Boneyard Podcast.